Welcome. Now, my name is D. Ludlow. Now, before we get into this episode, go to the description, click the link and get your M&A Mastery Toolkit. This is a free download, which gives you some of the tools and resources that you need to start your M&A journey. Don't forget, go to the description, click the link. It's a free download and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Ludlow Street Podcast, where we interview aspiring entrepreneurs who thrive off innovation. We look at how different walks in life have similar journeys, similar obstacles, but all have different whys. And now your host, Dee Ludlow. Hello, welcome back. Today's title is going to be Economics and Tulsi Tea. I'm going to switch it up this time. Windows come in. <laughs> but look, just a quick disclaimer before I get started. Look, I'm not trying to promote doom and gloom. Please don't mistake in this for that. I'm trying to promote awareness of what's going on. And there are always ways around this. Um, and in the near future, I will talk about what I've been doing to maintain financial stability through this and for the future. So let's get into it. So with all this going on, we've had a clear decline in democracy and global institutions. We've had geopolitical tensions affecting the global economy and a race to the vaccine. So finally, let's pick up on where I left off on episode 30. So last week, we've had seen uh, Rishi Sunak's bid to save Britain from a winter job loss crisis. It's been estimated that the new measures announced, including subside wages and VAT cuts, will cost the Treasury around £300 million each month per 1 million people who take up the scheme. Now, we've seen trillions printed to try and save this economy. Um, Economists are saying even with Rishi's new plan, a further one million people will lose jobs. So that amount of redundancies will cause massive civil unrest, in my opinion. Hospitality and tourism sectors are destined for failure. Um, Are we coming to the end of this long debt cycle? And will we see another, another monetary reform? You know, every so often the financial system sees a monetary reform and due to the current circumstances and tech, I believe we're about to see it happen. Like I mentioned in my last episode, the Bank of England back in January mentioned that they were working on a cryptocurrency. And now the Federal Reserve posted an article on their website stating that they want to roll out a digital dollar no later than January the 1st, 2021. Now, I believe we're about to see huge debt defaults over the next 18 months. With unemployment getting worse, people will start defaulting on their debts, uh, their mortgage, their credit cards, car loans, etc. You know, we've seen it in 2008, and this isn't even in the same league as what we've seen in 2008. This is going to be a lot worse. You know, people must think I'm the bearer of bad news, but I'm not. There's always a positive and a negative, and always an opportunity in the crisis. Uh, I just enjoy making people aware of what's going on and I only base my opinion on facts. So back to debt defaults, you know, once this happens, there will be huge pressure from the banks to the central bank asking for bailouts. But then you've got to think, how will people feel if the government bails out the banks in the middle of a health crisis using, you know, financial products and tax revenue? You know, people are already in financial pressure at home. The government are literally going to have to choose between the, well, they're going to have to choose the people over the banks. Um, You know, 
will we have parts of communism in a capitalist country or in capitalist countries? You know, the more people struggle, you know, and the more they're affected financially by this pandemic, their thoughts and opinions may change on what's going on. So if the central bank replaces your bank account, as you know, to a digital wallet, like an e-wallet, with digital currency and provided helicopter money to incentivize you to use it, how many people would really say no? So, for example, if I was the government or the central bank and I said, you need to download this app, any money that you did have in HSBC or Barclays is now being transferred to this account. Um, if you download the app and start using your new e-wallet, then you'll receive £500 or £1,000 for doing so. You know, how many people would actually say no? You know, it's also looking like, well, looking more and more like we're going to see a universal base income. So the purpose of UBI is to reduce poverty and prevent potential civil unrest. Um, you know, UBI is basically a sum of money given to all citizens, regardless of their income or whether they are employed or unemployed. Uh, you know, if they do decide to roll out um, UBI, I would think there'd be um, a time attached to the money um, that you're given. So, you know, if they give you, say, a thousand pounds, it would need to be spent within the economy within, I don't know, a four week or five week period or something like that, or um, the money just disappears. You know, otherwise, people who don't need it will just basically stockpile it. And we're already seeing more bankruptcies. You know, Sydney World are closing all of its UK and US cinemas. Disney have laid off 28,000 people um, and the list continues. You know, I don't want to go into this because every single day um, massive corporations are falling into administration. You know, we haven't even seen the magnitude of what this virus has even done yet. So, you know, I'll leave it there and I'll move on to the next topic. So next um, I want to talk briefly on deglobalization. You know, there are policymakers and business leaders that are now questioning where the global supply chains have been stretched too far. Now, the acceleration of deglobalization. Um, some businesses are reassessing China's role in global supply chains. A lot of them may be planning to relocate even some of their production elsewhere. Um, globalization was all about price and how efficient manufacturing was, regardless of where in the world it took place. And China was the biggest winner in globalization. You know, China actually devalued their currency to make goods cheaper so they could position themselves better to export globally. But deglobalization could force the price of goods to go up. With deglobalization accelerating, I wonder, you know, what China's take will be on all this. You know, if they no longer have to devalue their currency, if global manufacturing doesn't predominantly come from there. You know, China are actually the first country to put essential bank digital currency into limited use. I think with this new monetary reform, uh, we're going to see huge currency wars. There's so much to take into account if, you know, oil loses its value and use at some point, uh, which commodity becomes most valuable or will a physical commodity even have any pull glo um, globally? <clears throat> if you look at M2V, the velocity of money, uh, we're heading swiftly for zero. Uh, this is where so many incentives out there right now um, in real estate with stamp duty and permitted development, incentives in business, there's grants, loans, 
their BBL extended to 10 years. They're trying to get the economy moving again and increase the amount of transactions, but the velocity of money has took a nosedive. Uh, so maybe basic macro trends and macroeconomics will become totally irrelevant at some point based on some of the decisions that are being made. I believe that we're in need of a total reset. Um, I think we should let the bad companies and institutions fail. Uh, this will cause a lot of global pain and stress, um, you know. I, but I don't believe we can continue to keep kicking the can down the road. Uh, we can see the stress on the current financial system. Uh, lending criteria has become more strict. Uh, again, if we're in a V-shaped recovery, why are lenders tightening lending criteria? I believe this is just the banks showing how exposed they are. Uh, some banks have been on their last legs for a long time already. Deutsche Bank, for instance, their gross derivatives exposure is 50 trillion. Just a 0.1% loss is enough to bankrupt DB. On top of that, financial strategists have said many times that they have calculated potential loan losses of up to 25%. You know, the IMF believe DB is a huge risk. Now, I did post this on my Instagram around two to three months ago and again last week. And yet it is a big call, but well, I don't know. We would see a catastrophic collapse in the financial system if it did happen. Um, but personally, I don't see them receiving the amount of state aid that they need to survive long term. So I just want to end uh, this topic with this. Ben Meltman said on Bloomberg, we're in a world where fiscal deficits explode and interest rates are forced to stay at zero to accommodate those greatly increased deficits. You should not expect them to move for the next 20, 30, 40 years. So put that into perspective and have a think about that. Um, I'm just going to finish up now on robotics and AI. So firstly, you know, we've had a global education on tech. Uh, before COVID, big companies may have not been likely to even close a deal on Skype or Zoom. And now that's becoming more frequent. On top of that, we've had families, you know, using Zoom for quiz nights, virtual get togethers and other things as well. You know, COVID's pretty much forced us to adapt to technology if we hadn't already been using it. And now we have to use whatever is available to connect with each other. And, you know, tech's been in exponential growth for a long time, from EV to new releases in tech quite frequently. You know, I've seen that Amazon is releasing their fully autonomous drone, the Amazon Ring. Uh, this is basically an always home cam. So you can pick where it's allowed to fly around your house. Um, it's, yeah, it's a home security unit. If you haven't already seen this, definitely take a look. Amazon have been the forefront of innovation for some time and it definitely doesn't look like they're slowing down anytime soon. Also, Sarko's Robotics, a firm specialising in exoskeletons to augment human strength and safety, recently announced partnership with Delta Airlines, Kraken, a cryptocurrency exchange. They're launching their first US bank. So a lot going on. Facebook mentioned how VR and AR are the next big thing in computing. And, you know, they showed their plans recently, how they're going to dominate yet another tech platform. Um, the robotics and AI world is so interesting right now. You know, I'm wondering, could tech be the answer to climate change at some point? 
you know, nanobiotech is looking like the answer for living longer. Uh, these are all big questions and only time will tell. So I'm going to wrap this up here. One thing that I am thinking of doing on the next few episodes is putting out my investment picks for the near future. I'm not a financial advisor, so you would need to do your own due diligence, but this is just some food for thought. So I hope you enjoyed a quick update. Um, the next one I'm going to probably do, it's probably going to be a little bit longer than this one. This was just a quick one to get out my thoughts for the for the time being, really. So yeah, enjoy yourselves, um, have a great week, and I'll speak soon.